Watson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Wisco Sports Show. I am your host, Grant Bills. 580 AM, 96.7 FM. We're streaming live at WKTYsports.com. However you're listening, wherever you're listening. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday. And for those of you in the lacrosse area, the Cooley region, happy Oktoberfest as that gets underway tonight. I am excited, but I'm sure everybody, no matter where you're listening, is excited as the Brewers locked up their postseason officially. We all kind of saw the writing on the wall, but last night officially clinching at the very worst the first overall seed in the wild card position. The division, not uh, not out of reach by a long shot. And I know a couple of days ago, earlier this week and last week, I kept saying, look, the division's probably out of play. You never know, probably out of play. And it looks like the Cubs are just going to let the Brewers hang around. They barely beat the car, or the, the Pirates last night, took extra innings to do so. And the Brewers sit a half a game back. Half a game back in the NL Central. Cubs four to play, the Brewers three, including an off day today. So Brewers fans, you can just enjoy it. Last night after the game, obviously watching all the festivities and, and the, the celebration, hearing all the interviews, and, and it was a blast and a joy to be able to listen to those players and 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 coaches and, and members of the Fox Sports Wisconsin team because it is exciting. Only the fifth time in, in franchise history they've made the postseason. The third time in my lifetime, really only the second time that I remember well. And I think there was one statement, one little chunk of interview that stood out to me more than anything else, and that was Craig Council uh, talking to Fox Sports Wisconsin about what this win means not only what it means but to who it means the most check this out you're happy for you know for bob euchre for mark antanasio for the you know the dude that sit next to the dugout every day the couple in the upper deck the, the people at the retirement community that that got three good hours every night of brewer baseball you're happy that you're giving them something special and, and hopefully we give them a special october that's the best piece of perspective i have ever heard in a mccarthy press conference in a council press conference Jason Kidd always stunk, so there's no there's no competition there. That uh, that was touching. Felt a little dusty in my house last night when I heard that because that's so true about Brewers baseball. They don't have the rich tradition of winning championships like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the St. Louis Cardinals, but every time they do have a good season and they do make the playoffs, and it has been few and far between, it's it's just magical. It has a feeling. The rest of my life, I'm going to be able to tell my kids, should that ever happen? I remember 2011. I remember that team. Prince Fielder, Ryan Braun, Niger Morgan, Ron Renicky. I remember that team. They had a certain aura. They had a certain personality because it wasn't just another Red Sox postseason team, another Yankees postseason team, or another Cardinals postseason team. That was the 2011 Milwaukee Brewers. And I think in a couple of years, we're going to be able to say that about this Brewers team. I know we're going to be able, I'm going to be able to say this about this Brewers team. And, And when Craig Council said that, I immediately thought of my grandpa. He talked about, you know, the older couple in the upper deck who was at, the, at at those Tuesday night games throughout the season. The ball boy who sits next to the dugout every night. The people in the, the couples in the retirement community who who are just looking for three hours to fill their time throughout the summer and throughout the fall. And they got to be a part of this magical ride that was the 2018 Brewers. And it's not over. I'm not I'm talking like it's over. It's not over. But have gotten to be a part of this magical, fun, exciting ride up until this point. And that that was just about the best piece of perspective I've ever heard. And I was immediately reminded when he said that of my grandpa. I thought of my grandpa. My grandpa Dick passed away back in 2013. And he was, and anybody who, who knew him 
even just had one run in with him, knew he was one of the crabbier, more gruff guys, was not a warm and cuddly personality at all. And I grew up, he was an intimidating guy. I'm a little kid just trying to hang out at grandma and grandpa's. He was an intimidating guy. But some of my best memories, going over to grandma and grandpa's house. They live just a couple of minutes away. Grant, Grant, let's watch the Brewer game. Okay. And most of the game, he would spend complaining about one thing or another. He was a, he was a successful high school baseball coach back when they used to live in Anago for a long time. Took some teams to the state championship. That's when he would talk. That's what got him excited. I remember his obituary and his funeral talking about how Grandpa Dick loved watching the Packers, loved watching the Brewers and the Badgers. There wasn't a whole lot more to him. Liked to play cards, liked to ride his four-wheeler, and he liked to, to watch sports. And that was one thing that, that we could connect, that my family, my brother and sister and I could connect with him, and that was during, during Brewer games in the summer. Packers were used to the Packers making the playoffs or the Badgers making the NCAA tournament. It was few and far between. There were some really good memories from that 2011 run when I sat down to watch some games with, with Grandpa Dick. And that's what I was thinking of last night and this morning. I remember he used to complain all the time about Ron Renneke and Ken Maka before him. Because, you know, Brewers, Brewers, they strike out. They leave runners in scoring position. And, and I've ranted about that, too. He used to get up on his soapbox because he was a baseball coach. He used to get up on his soapbox and say, a good home run hitter only hit home runs once every 15, once every 20 at bats. Why don't they bunt? Why don't they ever have Ryan Braun in the three-hole with runners on bunt? And he would beat his head into a wall. Conversation after conversation, Grandpa Dick would. But those are some of my, my only memories, my favorite memories with my Grandpa Dick, watching the Brewer games, watching that magical 2011 season, watching him get excited about that. Because he didn't get excited about very much. That was one thing that, uh, that I can remember. And I think Craig Council's postseason comments last night, actually, you know what, I want to play that again. That was so good, I want to play that again. Craig Council last night with a little bit of perspective about the win and what this season has meant. You're happy for, you know, for Bob Euchre, for Mark Antanasio, for the, you know, the dude that's sitting next to the dugout every day, the couple in the upper deck, the, the people at the retirement community that, that got three good hours every night of Brewer baseball. You're happy that you're giving them something special, and, and hopefully we give them a special October. A reminder of, of it's just sports. Sports is only sports, and when your team loses, it's it's no reason to be angry or to lose sleep, but that's that's a statement on how powerful sports can be, and that's part of what makes my job and others who do this job and cover sports, whether it be through radio, TV, or writing, that's what makes it special right there. That 2011 year, and I hope I get to have more memories, not only of this year, but continuing on of the Brewers making the postseason, and it is so special for Brewers fans because the Brewers have to build a team differently. It takes time. It takes building blocks falling into place. And when it happens like it did in 2008 and in 2011 and this year, we'll be able to live the rest of our life thinking, oh, I remember that team with Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun, Jesus Aguilar had a magical season. Remember when Curtis Granderson came in at the end? Eric Kratz, the, the veteran who thought his career was over and they brought him in and found a little ma- bit of magic left in the can with Eric Kratz. That's really cool. And Craig Council's comments last night reminded me of, of memories of watching those games with my grandma and grandpa back in 2011. And I and I, God no, the Grandpa Dick up in heaven, he's not, he's not celebrating at all. Probably didn't even crack a smile. He's saying, "Oh God, we got to play a one game wild card if we don't win the division. How are they gonna How are they gonna do that?" Already already thinking about something to something to not to complain about, but something to comment on. Pulling out his 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 coach speak and, and talking about the Brewers in a one game wild card. And I, and I thought about that when Craig Council brought up those uh, those those fans in the upper deck, those couples in the retirement home. 
You know, those people up in northern Wisconsin who fish on their dock or, or listen to the games out on their lawnmower. We're not, we're not Chicago. We're not the Chicago Cubs. We're not those fans. We don't get dressed up in our, in our hipster clothes and go downtown and, and enjoy the game at a bar. You know, that's, that's what Brewer Baseball is. The guy's in the upper deck, somebody mowing his lawn up in cable, listening to the game in his headphones. The family out on the boat or tailgating. That's what Brewers fans are. That's what Brewers baseball is. And I thought that comment last night wrapped it up so well as the Brewers beat the St. Louis Cardinals, completing the sweep on the road, getting that 2-1 win and clinching a definitive playoff spot. Whether that is a wild card or a division championship is yet to be seen. Both are, are, are very much well in play. When we come back, I actually, I actually want to dig into the game and some of the things that Brewers fans have, have gotten to be excited about, not only in this series, but continuing on. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talk and text line. Chime in on the text line or give me a call. I, I would love to talk about this very exciting time for it to be a Brewers fan. And I promise I'm done being emotional, done telling stories. Let's let's get into the numbers. Let's get into the uh, the experiences of last night. Later on in the show, coming up at about 5.30, Tim Dillard is going to join the program. Longtime Brewers pitcher, Major League, Minor League, and recent uh, recent addition to Fox Sports Wisconsin as well. We're going to talk to him uh, at, the, at the bottom of the hour at 5.30. And, of course, we'll talk a little bit of Packers, get you ready for Buffalo later on in the show. But it's a special day. It's a special day to be a Brewers fan. And, uh, and that's going to be the focus today. So when we come back, hopefully take some of your texts and your calls. We'll dig into last night's game here on the Wisco Sports Show. I'm your host, Grant Bills. You're listening to WKTY. Now, and the Brewers win! Back to the postseason! Milwaukee! Wow. Exciting moment last night. B.A. in the Rock on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Just a special night. And, and we saw the writing on the wall. We, we figured... The Brewers were going to be in the postseason. It was just a matter of when. But that doesn't take away from the uh, from the emotion and the special feeling that you get when you finally get to see the champagne in the locker room and the reporters and, and Euchre getting beer dumped on his head in the locker room last night. It's just a special scene, and it always is when the Brewers make the postseason because it is rare. Those experiences are far and, uh, and between often uh, all too unfortunate for Brewers fans. But when we do get there, when we are in the postseason, when the teams are good, it's there's no feeling like it. And that's somebody who's seen the Packers win a Super Bowl and the Badgers basketball team make it to a Final Four twice. There's really no feeling like like Brewers uh, October baseball. And I cannot wait for uh, for what the, the next couple of weeks, hopefully the next couple of weeks, bring for this Brewer team. If you want to chime in on last night's win and about this season as a whole, as we're kind of reflecting, 608-796-2558 on the five-star telecom talk and text line. I am your host, Grant Bills. You're tuned into the Wisco Sports Show. Tim Dillard will join the program here coming up in about 10 minutes. I do want to run in, uh, run over a couple of interesting points from last night. Marty chimes in and says, I grew up in Milwaukee, walking to County Stadium, watching games, and was on Wisconsin Avenue when they were in the playoffs. Can't wait to do that again. See, Marty, that's the, uh, that's the kind of memories we're talking about. Playoff runs for the Brewers, are, uh, they're rare. And when they happen, they're, they're often attached to some pretty special memories and some pretty special players. And some call, remember in, in 2011, they had the beast mode where they'd put the arms up and they'd do the, I don't know, the big, the big arm wave. And now they have the, 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 the arms up in the air, which Lorenzo Cain seemed to install. This team, it has a different feel than the last one. And I'm sure that'll be the case the next time that the Brewers make the postseason. And, and I can't wait for that as well. Last night, the Brewers get the win in St. Louis, completing the sweep in St. Louis. The first time they've swept a three game series in St. Louis in a long time. And they won all three games in, in different fashions. Game one, six to four. 
game two, 12 to four. I guess six runs would have sufficed in the second game too, but just flexing the offensive muscles in that second game, just, just a little bit more. And then yesterday, some nights you're only going to get two runs. Some night opposition pitching is good. Sometimes your hitters just aren't seeing the ball real well. Travis, Travis Shaw spots you two runs. And the Brewers, they made it work. Yuli Chassin didn't go incredibly deep, but did just enough to pass off the ball to the bullpen, who has been nails. They've been absolute nails. Last night, Chassin went five innings, only gave up the one and run, three strikeouts, and two walks. Jeremy Jeffers gets the save, and so on and so forth. You can go down the line as how this Brewers bullpen, they've just they've done what's needed to be done in the last month. And, and we've criticized Craig Council for not using Hader enough, for using him too much, when he's in there, we've criticized him for sitting Ryan Braun too often and treating him like a baby. But last night, I bet Craig Council's feeling pretty good because this is the first time in a long time that the Brewers were hot at the right time and were playing their best possible baseball in September as opposed to in May and June and then tailing off and barely climbing, barely sneaking into the playoffs. They're coming in guns a-blazing and they're playing really well, which the same thing cannot be said for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs who blew a couple-run lead late last night and almost gave the game away as a fan reached in and cost the uh, cost the Cubs a couple of runs with fan interference, which is always funny. See stuff like that happen down at Wrigley. Brewers get the win 2-1. to one. Shasin did just enough, and then the bullpen took it from there. And I think it's fair to say that Craig Council's absorbed some criticism throughout this season for his use of the bullpen. And any time you have an elite group of players like that, and... And there's going to be times, of course, when they don't get the job done. And when they don't get the job done, when Josh Hader gives up a couple of runs or Jeremy Jeffers gets knocked around, fans typically don't blame the players. They blame Craig Council. Josh Hader is untouchable. There's no way that he's giving up runs. Put him in in the right situation and give him a chance to be successful, and that'll never happen. And that's the mentality. That's the attack that, that fans, myself included, sometimes will bring at Craig Council. But I think Craig Council knew that this team wasn't just a flash in the pan, that they had enough good players to weather through a couple of storms, including the one right before the All-Star break and the little lull they had in August before heating up about midway through, and that's carried all the way through September. Craig Council, I think, had a plan all along. I think he trusted his bats probably a little bit more than than we did, knowing that, yeah, they'll go through slumps, but eventually they're going to they're gonna turn it around, and, and we can absorb a few a few games. We can lose a game here and there due to a bullpen and save an arm, so they're fresh in September, and that was exactly the case last night and the night before and the day before when they went with a bullpen start, having that flexibility. I, I was reminded we did a show last week. I did a show last week where uh, where we were talking about Chile. Some of you may remember this. That at the time of the trade deadline, Jonathan Scope and and uh, Mike Moustakis didn't appear to be the players the Brewers needed, and I, and I made the the analogy that after a couple of weeks, they started to find the, their roles and Craig Council started to figure out how to use them, that it was like a pot of chili, right? You you make chili and it takes hours and hours, right? The beans and the meat and the sauce and everything in there takes a little bit of time to get to know each other in the pot, right? You don't eat chili, right? When you mix it, you got to let it simmer on the stove Saturday afternoon or Sunday afternoon during football. You eat it four or five o'clock in the afternoon. You don't eat it for lunch. Everybody knows that. You get home from church, put the chili in the crock pot and you let it go all day. And after a couple NFL games, you sit down and eat, right? Well, I thought Jonathan Scope and Mike Moustakis were some of those ingredients that just needed a little bit of time, and that turned out to be the case. And I think Craig Council turned out to be that chef who was smiling and laughing at everyone yesterday because he knew that it was only going to take a little bit of time, and that's exactly what it took. And now all the pieces and all the players are fitting together, I think, just about as well as you can ask. And Craig Council's just left smiling, kind of saying, I told you so. Craig Council with a chef hat on, right? Stirring it up. 
somebody joked, my roommates were listening last week, somebody joked that, uh, that Ryan Braun isn't actually an ingredient in the chili. He's the cornbread muffin. Because when you think about chili, the first thing that comes to mind isn't the cornbread muffin. You're like, I can eat chili without a muffin, right? And then you actually get a good cornbread muffin, and you're like, oh my God, this is so good. How could I ever eat chili without this? Well, Ryan Braun is back and playing well at the right time. He said before the Cardinals series that he that he was ready for a good series, and that was the case again, just absolutely smoking some balls. Last night, uh, a bad a bad example as he went 0 for 4, but the first two games played very well. It appears as though Jesus Aguilar is heated up at the right time. I think Craig Council either getting real lucky or, or knew all along that it only took that it would only take a couple of weeks and, and a little bit of tinkering and, and his team would be operating at full tilt. And I think that turned out to be exactly the case. And Craig Council smiling somewhere on this off day, enjoying himself, getting ready for the final series against the Detroit Tigers. So when we take a look at the standings, before we wrap up, like I said, you're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. Tim Dillard going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes. Longtime Brewers pitcher and a recent uh, joinee, is that a word? Recent uh, recent addition to Fox Sports Wisconsin. And we talked about that, le- la- la- that last week on the program as well. The Milwaukee Brewers now sit in sole possession, four games up in first position uh, for that wild card, which means they will, yes, the Brewers will have to play a one-game wild card if they are unable to uh, to overtake the Cubs and win the division. But they will do so from the confines of Miller Park. That series for the Cardinals hurt. The Brewers, the Brewers gave them a huge right hook and bounced them out of the playoff picture currently as the L.A. Dodgers sit in that two spot. As it's currently constructed right now, the Brewers would host the Dodgers in a one-game wild card. You look at the division standings at the NL Central, the Brewers sitting a half game back from the Chicago Cubs. So at the end of tonight, that could be tied, or it could be a one-game lead for the Chicago Cubs, assuming that game doesn't get rained out, which with the Cubs, you never know. But if the Cubs win tonight, they pull... A full game ahead of the Brewers if they lose. It will be tied with three games to play. A couple weeks ago, I thought we we thought the Brewers were dead in the water in terms of the division. They were playing for the wild card. Earlier this week, I was saying, yeah, the Brewers probably playing for the wild card. You never count anything out. I made sure to kind of emphasize that as well. You never count anything out. They could still come back and, and, and claim that division. And that looks like it can be the case. Three games left at home against Detroit. And the Cubs... Got to go against one of the hotter uh, hotter pitchers right now in baseball against Pittsburgh tonight, and then three against the Cardinals. And you know the Cardinals are going to give the Cubs their best shot because the Cardinals have playoffs on the line. They're only a, they're only a half game out of the wild card picture. They need to win. They're not going to lay down for anybody, and their pitching staff is no slump. They're going to have to go through Wainwright, Michaelis, and the like. And face a Matt Carpenter who has just been a Cubs destroyer this season. Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll do a, a one. A reliever to start the game for one pitch. Maybe that'll be the case. 608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. I'm going to have Tim Dillard on the show in just a minute or two after we take a break and come back. Now, if you have a question for Tim, shoot me a text and, and I'll ask him. You can also get in touch with the program on Twitter, at Grant. That's my Twitter account. And you can also follow at WKTY. Tweet at either of us. I'll see it and we can we can discuss it on the program as well. Thank you for listening to the Wisco Sports Show. We will be right back. Tim Dillard. Joins the show with me, your host, Grant Bills, coming up next here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show rolls on. I'm your host, Grant Bills. You're listening to WKTY, 580 AM, 96.7 FM. You can also be streaming anywhere at WKTYsports.com. Today is going to be a real treat. We are lucky uh, to have Tim Dillard, longtime brewer pitcher, and uh, now broadcaster as well, joining us for just a couple of minutes on the five-star telecom talk and text line. Tim, how are you doing today? Got to be pretty good, right? 
You know what? <laughs> it got it choked me up a little bit hearing uh, hearing broadcaster in there. I'm not used to that yet at all. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> so last night the Brewers clinched. You you played with those guys. You you know those guys. You've been around that clubhouse both in the minors and in the majors, and now as a broadcaster, like you said, how, how, what did that feel like yeah. last night watching? What was that like? You know, if it was, even if it was 20 years removed, you know, from me playing with some of these guys, it would still be special because the Brewers, it's a special, you know, time of my life. Um, you know, once you're part of that family, you're, you're part of it forever. And, and you can see that with the fans and everybody responded. But for me personally, I know all the coaches in there. I know almost all the players. Um, I know people that work at the stadium. I know the grounds crew, you know, people like that. Like I just, it's huge, man. I'm super excited. That's super special. Excited. Yeah, that's, I mean... And a, and a little jealous. I kind of wish I was... <laughs> I, I can imagine, yeah. kind of wish I was on the field, yep. Talking about people, I mean, Craig Council in his interview yesterday said people in the upper deck and, and the grounds crew, like, it, it was just a really cool experience. Now, if I remember correctly, yeah. and I also heard you on a different station last week, you were on that 08 in the lot. 2011 team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What, what is that atmosphere like? The Brewers don't make the playoffs very often. I mean, that's no secret. So I, I feel like it's even more <laughs> special when it happens. What's it like to be on that team in that clubhouse in that moment? It's a combination of things. For me, it was... Man, in 2008, that was the year I got called up for the first time. It was earlier that season. So, and then I'm looking around at what you know some of the players did on the field. That was absolutely amazing. And but you just see the journey of what you've done in your personal career, the people you come in contact with, and then to get to that moment, it's kind of an outpouring of all the stuff that you've put in and all the time and effort. And that's when you get to just kind of let it out. Yeah, that's I, I can only imagine, especially having to journey through the minors. Now, you came into the minors in the early 2000s. Can you, for those of you who might not know, I mean, I, I know who you are and I read up on you, obviously, if you're coming on the program. But for those of you who don't know your story, you know, well, what have you been up to for the last 15 years? It's pretty unique. Yeah, when I got in the game, uh, you know, I didn't have a cell phone. There wasn't a such thing as a smartphone. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, I use phone cards to call my parents. So you can that kind of dates me a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I was in the minor leagues and then made it to the big leagues with the Brewers. I had a relationship with them for 10 years, and then I didn't. Uh, they, they wouldn't sign me back. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Venezuela. I've been to independent ball twice. Uh, but every year since 2003, at some point, I've put on a uniform for the Brewers organization. So, And, and before that, uh, 2001 and 2002, I was drafted by the Brewers as a catcher. So we have some, we, we know each other. Yeah. You, you guys got some history. What you're there that long. What keeps you coming back to the brewers and, and vice versa? What makes you, what makes the brewers so inclined to just have you in their system for the, for all this time? I don't know. It seems like <laughs> the other 29 teams don't want me. <laughs> I was, I was thinking that that was maybe what you were going to say. Oh, that's yeah, funny. I, you know, for, for me personally, I, you know, I, I said years ago, wouldn't it be cool? Because I've always looked up to somebody like Ryan Sandberg or Cal Ripken. Like I, I remember mumbling to myself, "Man, it'd be cool to just be with one team my entire career, whatever that entails, whether it's five, ten, or twenty years, whatever it is." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> what I didn't specify when I whispered that out to the universe is I, I meant big leagues. You know, big leagues. I want to be with a team of the big leagues for fifteen or twenty years, but. You know, everyone's path is different. Mine just happens to be right along with the Brewers organization. 
So what has kept you? I mean, for those for those who don't know, you've kind of become a Twitter phenomenon, posting posting videos and song parodies with your teammates in the minor leagues, and, and those guys come and go, right? They they're they're up, they're down, or guys who are who are young who are on their way up to the majors. At what point in your career did you say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna almost become sort of a minor league folk hero and start having fun with these guys and, and making this more than about baseball? Um, I, th- you know, everything that I'm doing on the social media, as far as in the clubhouse, has been going on in the clubhouse at some in some capacity, maybe not film. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is the kind of jokes people joke around about songs and movies, and we play games. And I mean, it, this is just a reflection of that kind of the next step because we caught up with technology, maybe. But um, I don't know. I enjoy it. To me, it's another way to build team camaraderie. You know, think about the people you work with. If all of a sudden you guys are all pulling together to put, you know, make a thirty second. Oscar nominated short film. I made up the Oscar nominated part, but you know, you pull together to do this project. Um, just, and you laugh about it later, you know, like we get guys that come down and, you know, I haven't seen, we had Corey Knabel. I haven't seen that guy, you know, in the minor leagues in a while. That's right. <laughs> but he got sent down for like, three, you know, a week or whatever it was. And one of the first thing you say is like, man, I just, I miss being in your videos, man. I don't think I got him in one, but you know, I, early on, he was one of the first guys to appear in some of my videos. So it, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of cool. Something something that people remember for sure, even if you only play together for a short amount of time. Something that I did hear yeah. in one of your interviews last week was you're still pitching uh, to Dave, and I don't mean to say still like it's outrageous, but you're <laughs> pitching to David Stearns that you can still pitch and be a part of a postseason roster. You you've changed delivery. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it, you know, I'm a guy that I, I don't mind asking for a job. You know, I like having a job. Amen. You know, sometimes you sometimes you get paid, you know, in your job. So, <laughs> no, I, I ask, you know, everybody that I come in contact with when it comes to the brass, you know, whether it's a GM, assistant GM, farm director, every time I see him, I say, listen, you know, I, I want to sign back. I want to keep pitching. And to me, that's not comical in any way, because if you look at guys that are in their 30s that are right-handed side armors, uh, there's a lot of them in the big leagues and they still do good. And I throw, I can throw 90 miles an hour from sidearm right-handed and I've got a pretty good curveball. And, uh, you know, I've been given one gift and that's to be able to throw a baseball. So I just want to do that as much as I can and I can throw every day. And so that's kind of my sales pitch. And I mean, I guess it's worked for the last how many years. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that's and it's wild that you came up as a catcher as well. That's that's cool stuff. What is Stearns and what are those? What's their response to a to a plea like that or to a, a case like that? <laughs> uh, well, I was uh, about to get Stearns in a video when I was up there last week for Fox Sports Wisconsin. I was going to shoot a little video, a little promo, yeah, thing. And uh, <laughs> uh, Matt Arnold, uh, you know, I got with him. That guy's funny. And so we were kind of just sharing a laugh, hanging out. And I said, "Listen, man, I got to talk about next season." And he goes. Man, as long as I'm here, you have a job doing whatever you want to do. <laughs> That's fantastic. I don't know if I'm allowed to divulge that, but <laughs> I was like, you know what? I said, you know, you know, uh <laughs> Anything you say in Wisconsin, that's a, that's legally binding. Absolutely. So, you you yeah. hold him to I mean, that. Yeah, I did. I, I recorded it. I made him. So perfect, perfect. So you, you made a, you did a couple games on, on Fox Sports Wisconsin, and I got to tell you, and I'm sure yeah. you've heard this, but but everybody loved it. I mean, it's not like we don't love Augie and Kishan, but it, it was awesome to have a, a younger. Not that those guys are old, but it was nice to have a different a different voice, a different personality. What was that whole experience like? Yeah, I, you know, I went in knowing that it's a fresh take. It's a fresh take. I mean, very rarely do you get a guy that's been in the same clubhouse you know, a week and a half 
ago with, with some of these guys, you know, or I've known the trainers there my entire career, you know, just, just that kind of relationship and the fact that they would trust me uh, to be able to, they think that I could do that, but it was pretty exciting. If I, if it was any other team or any other field that I was going to, uh, it wouldn't be as special because it would be a new thing and I'd be tiptoeing, but I feel comfortable. I walked in going, this is going to be great. I'm excited about it, and I hope I can do it. And if even if I do terrible, if I figure, I feel like the fans are the ones that watch. So yeah, if they're watching and they liked it. Then hey, it's a success. <laughs> we were talking last week on this show about your uh, about your power outage story when you were throwing a no hitter. <laughs> Does stuff like that happen a lot in the minors? Is that is that commonplace for for weird things like that to happen? Yeah, I mean, you see some stuff that you've never seen before. I actually, forgot that story. It wasn't until we were in the booth before. Uh, the Brewers live pregame that uh, Brian Anderson's brother, Mike, came in and we started talking about it. And He's the one that brought it up. He was like, hey, were you in double A when that happened? Yeah, we were playing you guys, right? And I was like, yeah, I was on the mound. <laughs> and so that's kind of where that came about, where, where B.A. threw it down to me in the eighth inning. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't know what was happening. They just told me in my ear that, hey, B.A. wants you to stay on and he's going to talk to you during the game. And I was like, okay. And that's when he brought it up. And you know, stuff like that happens, but I think over a, a career, you know, the last 16 years, I just forget stuff. So that's what's great about baseball. You just jog a memory and yeah, it's pretty amazing. But yes, there are some weird things that happen. That's hilarious. Yeah, I was on the mound. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. The, the reason what I remember the most is that the next pitch when the lights were fully on after I threw warm-up pitches, the first pitch I threw was a, was a base hit in the four hole. And I was just like, unbelievable. Yeah, that's just <laughs> that's just like, how it goes. I'm a good pitcher. I'm a good pitcher, but this is the closest I'm ever going to come to something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you there. Uh, Tim Dillard, longtime Brewers pitcher and, and broadcaster. We're giving you that label now as well. Joins the Wisco Sports Show. Just a, just a couple more things. I got to ask, um, the Brewers are headed into the postseason. Now, whether they make the one-game wild card or, or the divisional round, as an analyst and as a broadcaster now, what do you think they need to do well in, and how do you see things shaking out? I think they should continue doing exactly what they're doing, not change a thing. You know, and you can just tell it's a stress-free environment. They have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And to me, that's dangerous. When a guy goes up there and he's unafraid at the plate, when a pitcher goes on the mound with confidence and the people behind him, that's a dangerous tool. And um, you know, I'm not dogging the other teams like they don't yeah. have that. It's just you can see it from the Brewers as every game they play. And that's why I think this team's so much fun to watch, and that's why I'm hugely jealous that I can't be out there with them. <laughs> are you, are you going to get to any of the games either as a broadcaster or just as a, I don't know, as a fan or as a, as a member of the Brewers organization? Are you going to be able to go? Man, I, I mean, I don't know. I hope so. If they call me, I'll, I will definitely do it. I mean, I'll find someone to babysit my kids, and then uh, <laughs> me and the wife can go up. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, just gotta gotta I don't know. handle I, a couple I mean, of things. Yeah, yeah. If they have tickets, I don't know if they have extra tickets or not. Usually, they kind of do that stuff in advance, just sure. in case. But I don't know. I, I, that would be a dream. If not, I'll be watching it on TV like everybody else and cheering my boys on. Watching your your buddies on Fox Sports Wisconsin and Tim. Before I let you go, thank you first of all. But I gotta ask you. I may never have the opportunity to ask anyone. Uh, on that Fox Sports Wisconsin staff, when Jerry Augustine talks about the breaking ball, does he actually talk yeah. like that, or is he is he just ramping that up to to talk to the Wisconsin crowd? Is that really what Jerry's like? Yeah, he knows pitching. I mean, you don't play that long in the big leagues without picking up a thing or two and be around baseball. Um, it, it is really in depth, and to me, it makes perfect sense because I'm like, yeah, this is the conversations that we have 
uh, still now in the bullpen, you talk about spin and what it looks like and what a hitter sees and what the catcher's looking at. And I mean, all this stuff is super relevant to me. You know, it's, it's hard to kind of put that on a, a level where say somebody's watching for the first time, they have really yeah. no idea what's going on. How are you going to explain that? So um, I don't know. He, he's really good at what he knows it. And so I just kind of learned from him because they let me break down Gio Gonzalez's mechanics a little bit, what made him successful. And uh, I kind of went with his approach, like, let's just break this down and try to make it as simple as possible um, so that it does make sense to the average listener. But I don't know, man, he's advanced. I was writing down notes for myself. (laughs) <laughs> sure, sure. That's cool. Jerry Augustine loves uh, loves to talk about his breaking ball. Tim, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking a couple of minutes. And, and whether you're as a pitcher, as a broadcaster, or just as any part of this Brewers organization, you have a lot of fans, and we hope you're around for a long time to come. Yeah, I appreciate it, Grant. Thanks for that, man. Yeah, you, you have a killer day, and, and enjoy the postseason, Tim. Yeah, I think everybody everybody in Wisconsin land is definitely going to enjoy that postseason. Amen, Tim, and thank you one more time. That uh, that that's a fun interview right there. It's it's not very often that you get to have a guy in that position who who has seen players from different angles now as a broadcaster as well. That's that's pretty cool and obviously a very entertaining character to have on the Wisco Sports Show. That was Tim Dillard and uh, and a fun time. That was just as fun for me as I'm sure it was for uh, for some of you. And uh, Tim Dillard, you should, if you don't already, follow him on Twitter, just at Tim Dillard. And you can see some of those videos and some of those parodies that I'm talking about. Uh, Just an absolute gem inside that Brewers organization. And when I talk about him still being in the minor leagues or still trying to make it to the majors, that's not meant as a a slight at all. And, And I hope, I sure hope he didn't take it that way. I don't think he does, but just a really cool personality. There's not many out there. Uh, like Tim Dillard in that position, and, and really lucky to have him on the program today. So the Brewers continue their postseason push on Friday. Don't forget, you can always hear all the Brewers action right here on WKTY all the way through. Uh, even if the Packers are on, we'll let you know where either the Packers have moved or the Brewers have moved. You're going to have uh, a way to listen to them one way or another. When we come back, I hate to stop talking about Brewers, but we will talk just a little bit of Packers, a couple updates today, a couple news and notes, and uh, and we'll look forward to the, the Buffalo game on Sunday. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show with me, your host, Grant Bills, here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. Awesome Brewers talk. I'm so happy in my first year, my first job ever doing sports radio, that I get to talk about a Brewers playoff push. There's not a whole lot of things more fun in the world of sports, especially here in Wisconsin. Than, a, uh, than Brewers baseball in October. Not just relevant baseball in September and October, but postseason, meaningful postseason baseball in October. That being said, we do got to get some ba- uh, some Packers talk in today before I sign off. Don't forget, tomorrow, that Badgers Roundtable show is going to continue from 5 to 6, so you won't get to hear me tomorrow night. Uh, I apologize in advance if you're a fan. If you think the show bites and you wish I wasn't on the air, then there you go. Tomorrow night, tomorrow's your day. Check out the Badger Roundtable show now. The Badgers obviously have a bye this week, but a lot to be talked about, especially after they get that big win in Iowa City at Kinnick Stadium at night last Saturday, nonetheless. 608-796-2558 if you have any last-minute thoughts for the week before I uh, sign off. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. Hefty says, can I say I told you so? Regarding the crew having a legit shot at the division, yet hefty, you never gave up, never lost faith. I said it was a long shot. I always said it was possible, but I think you were you were on that bandwagon the whole time. So hefty, please, if you ever get a take like that, definitely chime in and say told you so. Uh, moving towards Packers and transitioning to the green and gold. The injury report came out today, and, and it's very telling 
for this weekend and, and who will actually play on Sunday for Thursday participation. I'll run down the names, some surprises on here, and I'll just get you updated. Brian Bulaga, limited participation. It looks like maybe he'll be able to play. Uh, he was limited yesterday and practiced on Wednesday as well. So, Randall Cobb, limited today, showed up with a hamstring injury. You hope that's nothing major. Jimmy Graham, also limited with a knee injury. Like I said, also, you hope that's nothing major, but he did not participate yesterday. Josh Jones, limited participation, but we all thought, remember, Josh Jones was going to play last week. It came right out of the horse's mouth on that Packers News uh, Live in the Clubhouse show. Josh Jones said, yeah, I'm ready to play. Let's go. I'm out there this weekend. And then either he was still too injured or he was a healthy scratch. You know, either one. One probably bodes worse for Josh Jones than the other, to be completely honest. Kevin King, limited today, did not participate yesterday. Trending in the right direction for uh, for Kevin King. But now with Bashad Breland on staff, and they don't have to worry about running Devon House out there. Now, that being said, Bashad Breland is new, and you probably don't want to have to rely on him any more than you, than you have to. But it bodes well that Kevin King is, is coming back and, and getting better, obviously, with limited participation today. But... Maybe you're a little more cautious with him on Sunday, knowing that you have a little bit of a safety net in Bashad Breland uh, instead of Devon House. Justin McCray did not participate. Nick Perry did not participate. Still in, in concussion protocol, which leads you to believe that Nick Perry's probably not going to play, which means Reggie Gilbert. See what you're made of. Been a lot of high talk of Reggie Gilbert. He should get snaps over Clay Matthews and Nick Perry. Give him a shot. Well, we could see on Sunday if uh, if Reggie Gilbert is really made of the stuff that he supposedly is made of. Because we're going to get a good showing, probably of a lot of snaps of Reggie Gilbert with uh, Nick Perry still in the percussion or concussion protocol, percussion protocol. Yeah, little tongue twister. Aaron Rodgers limited today. He practiced for the first time basically since week one, which bodes well because Aaron Rodgers has specifically stated the need that he doesn't need to practice. He doesn't, and if he doesn't need to, and he's hurt, he's not going to. So you you, you think that he didn't force himself through insane amounts of pain or anything to get out there today? You hope that he's just trending in the right direction and that knee is starting to get better rather than either staying the same or starting to get worse. So there's the injury report. Now, remember the Vikings play tonight. A short week, they're banged up. They're without Everson Griffin. Um, Excuse me, what is his name? I'm so sorry. Dalvin Cook uh, is still questionable. I've heard game time decision. i got to think that he'll probably play. But on a short week, you never know. Especially off an awful showing against Buffalo. They have to go to L.A. to play the Rams in the Coliseum tonight. Man, oh man. Now, good thing for the Vikings is both of the starting uh, corners for the Rams in Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib are, are out. So you got to like maybe the chance for productivity for Stephon Diggs or for uh, um, Adam Thielen tonight. So Packers fans, keep your eye on the rival Vikings. An interesting tidbit today. Some of you may have seen this. I'm not trying to give you a, a bump of negativity as we sail off into the weekend, or at least sail off into, uh, into Friday. There was a statement put out today. From NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations, Troy Vincent, including a video breaking down some some roughing the passer calls that have been made so far this season. NFL fans, chances are, unless you're you're one of the outliers, you're not going to like what he had to say. I will read you the statement now. The NFL Competition Committee met last night by conference call to discuss the enforcement of roughing the passer rules with a specific emphasis on use of body weight by a defender. I, I also think it's funny that they're they're referring to body weight like it's a weapon, like using defenders using their body weight. Pfft, give me a break. The committee reviewed video of roughing the passer fouls from both this season to date 
and 2017. In reiterating its position on quarterback protection, the committee determined there would be no changes to the point of emphasis approved this spring or to the rule of which body weight provision has been placed in place since 1995 to ensure consistency in officiating the rule. The committee clarified techniques that constitute a foul. Video feedback will be continued to be provided throughout the season to coaches, players, and officials, illustrating clear examples of permissible and impermissible contact on the quarterback. There is also a video attached put out by the NFL Competition Committee. It's two minutes long, breaking down a couple plays so far this year that uh, that have been questionable, obviously hated by fans for good reason, breaking it down specifically saying this is a foul This is why, yada, 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 like a film breakdown. Now, I'm going to retweet that. If you want to check it out, you can see it on my Twitter, at KeystrokerGrand, or you can just go follow NFL Football Operations, one of two options, and you can find that video and check it out. Interestingly enough, regardless of how strong a stance the NFL has taken on Clay Matthews, none of the Clay Matthews hits are included in that video. None of them. They've chosen to go with the more egregious, of the questionable calls, although they're not really egregious because they're still questionable and and being debated and being hated by NFL fans, players, coaches, quarterbacks. See, that's the thing. That's what what I can't wrap my mind around. And I'm not going to get fired up because I'm almost done with the show. I'm about ready to sail into Oktoberfest weekend, and I don't want to get upset. But it's interestingly enough, the NFL going out of their way to disagree with its players, its coaches, its fans... And the quarterbacks, which they want to protect. They've shown that their number one priority is protecting quarterbacks. Keeping them healthy. Keeping them happy. But most quarterbacks don't want this. Now, I don't know if quarterbacks have come out and explicitly said it. But in interviews and press conferences and in conversations that have been posted, obviously, you have seen quarterbacks like this. Come on. Come on. Four roughing the passer calls on Monday Night Football on national TV on ESPN on Monday. And I think the backlash... And the perception from the fan base of the NFL was probably so strong that the NFL said, we got we to put out a video. We got to do something. And what's interesting, 146 likes on this tweet, 117 retweets, and 329 responses. Meaning people are much more prone in this instance to argue and to give their thoughts against what the NFL has put out rather than simply agreeing with it with a like or sharing the message via a retweet. Just interesting. Just interesting. A little bit of Twitter breakdown. Great show today. Thanks again for Tim Dillard for joining us. The Brewers off tonight. They get back in action to close the season against the Pittsburgh, or the Detroit Tigers, excuse me. All that action can be here on WKTY. Everybody have a safe and fun Oktoberfest. I'll talk to you next week.